This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, the show that talks all things outdoors in Paul Bunyan Country, or as we like to call it, paradise. This week, Steve Sapaniak is back. Plus, Jared Houston from Houston's Guide Service in the Twin Ports talks about Green Bay Walleye. And Will Pappenfuss was catching the big ones on Rainy River. It's all coming up this week. It may be snowing, but it's open water season, and if you're in the right area, you can catch walleyes right now. Today we're going to hear from a couple of guys who got some big ones. Plus Steve Sapaniak of Predator Guide Service. It's all coming up right here on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Let's get started with Jared Houston from Houston's Guide Service in the Duluth Superior area. How's everything in the beautiful Twin Ports, Jared? Cold, wet, and rainy currently. But, <laughs> oh, very much um, like us. We're, yeah, we're being optimistic, though. It's, uh, it's a great day to be alive, as our good friend Larry Smith says. So, um, I called you for a couple of reasons. First of all, I haven't uh, ventured over that way for a while. It was about time, but uh, then I, I was, of course, uh, curiosity got the best of me when I saw the Facebook post about some biggins you were catching. So, so tell me about that. What uh, what happened this weekend? Well, you know, I I usually go to uh, uh, Green Bay. I do some road trips and this and that, and you know, we're always striving to catch the biggest fish and our new personal bests. And I had the opportunity to knock off two of them in one day and i'll share them on social media when i get to get around to it but uh, i caught a 31 inch walleye and and i caught a 15 inch perch and i mean they were they were both caught in the same area i don't know if they're buddies or what but i think they got lost on their way back from jurassic park because <laughs> they were both they're both pretty good looking fish so it was uh it was a heck of a memory and i'm uh i'm really happy to share it with everybody and that was a was that at um on green bay did you say yeah, that was in Green Bay. That was in Oconto. And, um, you know, out of all the boats and everything else, it's fun to pick one out in front of everybody. So that was kind of neat. So you're you're fishing away, and and you feel it. And did you know right away you had a big one? 100%. You know, everybody's out there, and, and a popular bait down there is a rip and wrap um, and or a soft plastic. And, and my, uh, my cousin and I, we elected to go with... Um, jig and minnow and so we went in the middle of everybody throwing these rip and wraps and this and whatnot and uh i mean when when the big when the big uh, walleye hit that jig and minnow it was uh i mean you knew right away that it was a nice fish and that it was going to be uh um a memory for sure i mean you know it's, it's not unheard of to catch big fish all the time down in that area of the world but you know a guy that's from the twin ports you know we don't get a lot of plus 30 inches around here all that often so it's uh it's a lot of fun for for us to uh, you know share that experience down down that neck of the woods. So how I mean how different did a fish that size behave than your typical walleye you're reeling in? Well, this was a post spawn fish, um, so it was kind of uh, you know on the skinnier side. And I you know it's my understanding. I'm not a fish biologist by any means, but you know once they lay their eggs, and this was happened so fast. You know last week when we were there, the water temps were 40. This last weekend, their water temps were 50 degrees. So I mean they laid their eggs and within a matter of a couple of days and they're replenishing their body mass. And so, I mean, they're, they're really going on the chew and for that thing to not hit somebody else's bait on the way out of the river and only to find mine. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I, I guess the old sayings, I'd rather be lucky than good sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this was sure <laughs> that kind of a uh, situation. So, but I mean, it was, uh, they, they fight as hard as anywhere else. Uh, but I mean, it's like a big log missile and, um, you know, once you, and there's not a lot to get snagged up on where we're fishing. So 
once you're locked up with the fish, you know that there's a, uh, something special on the end of your line. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And the perch, just uh, just a nice big old perch. Well, yeah. So we stumbled into this uh, pot of perch, which was just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, we were catching consistent 13 to 15-inch perch, which is wow. just, you know, that's Gogebic or Lake Cascade or, you know, southern Mississippi-type quality uh, caliber fish. And, and to find those um, was just awesome. And then I talked to the guy at the bait store there, the the North Shore Bait Company in Oconto, and he says they get them up to 17, 18 inches once in a while. Hmm. So I thought, I thought here I had the biggest perch, you know, that, you know, you don't usually see that often. He's like, well, actually, yeah, lots of guys do get uh, 14, 15 inch perch quite uh, consistently. And I did not know that. So I'm a visitor when I go down to that neck of the woods and learning every, learn more every time I go. But uh, holy cow, was that a lot of fun to catch those big, those big perch. What a beautiful fish they are too. So what do those uh, experts down there tell you about, or up there, uh, tell you about uh, why those fish are so big? You know, as opposed to Lake Superior, you know, we got this deep, cold water here where we live. And uh, when you go down to Michigan, and in particular Green Bay, it's got a lot more uh, forage and uh, better diet and habitat for eating conditions. So the fish are able to grow faster and bigger. You know, like a 31-inch walleye around here may be uh, very, very old as opposed to a 31-inch walleye down there, which is going to be a little bit, uh, uh, not not have as many years on it as one we would catch around here. But, uh, yeah, it's just, and then it, just the sheer fact that they multiply so well down there. I mean, the natural reproduction is just fantastic. And, um, and you can tell by the uh, influx of uh, anglers that head to the area, you know, around our neck of the woods, we got the Rainy River, of course, which is real similar in nature when it comes to spring fishing. Uh, but the reason I choose to go down there is because of the fact that uh, logistic-wise, parking and launching and everything's so nice and smooth. And I got to give a shout out to the guys at O'Connell. I mean, they'll follow you to your uh, when you're parking your boat trailer. They'll, they'll follow you and then ask you if you want to lift back to the boat launch, which is just awesome. So it's a lot of fun to go down there and, and uh, take in the take in the uh, new uh, experience. Okay. Well, now, what is going on in the Twin Ports area these days? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, make no mistake, we've been flirting with a lot of stuff around here. It's, pick your poison, man. Uh, <laughs> we got Great Lakes Superior going on. There's a lot of trolling opportunities, uh, the general routine of salmon and trout near shore fishing, and no tactical or technical uh, rhyme or reason to catch them. It's just go out there with some stick baits and, and hopefully run into a pot of fish, um, you know, Electronics are very important. You want to try to mark off, uh, you know, pods of fish on your side imaging or side scan, uh, but kind of concentrate around the river mouths now because now, just coincidentally, right now, the, the, the smelters starting to take off. So the guys are getting out there on the south shore, and that's going to move up to the Duluth side and move up the north shore here in the next few days. But uh, the smelt, they're really starting to pop, and that fight's just going to continue to get better. Uh, with that being said, the stream fishing and the tributaries that are flowing into Lake Superior are also uh, putting out a fair amount of fish. And I think this rain and this wet has helped uh, kind of swell up those rivers and put a little uh, uh, current into the situation, which, in fact, does attract some fish. So we got some uh, fish coming in, uh, fresh chrome is what we like to call the steelhead, and uh, uh, guys are having a lot of success. We also got our flowages, our, our uh, reservoirs, and our inland waters. We're still not, uh, the ice just kind of went off real recently, as you guys can relate. And uh, we're waiting for those temperatures to get to, um, you know, compatible bluegill fishing. But uh, we're not there yet. But uh, believe me, we'll be ready when they get there. So we'll be doing some shore landing, finding those warm, you know, north side of the lake waters and throwing out chunks of worms under floats and 
you know, that's all in front of us. So, yeah, pick your poison. There's a lot to do, and we're looking forward to what's, uh, what's coming up here. No, a lot of people love to go smelt fishing. So what do you do to catch a smelt? Well, there's a, there's a couple ways you can do it. Um, my favorite way to do it is act like you're playing the cross and grab a, a dip net, and you just kind of, you know, once that sun starts hitting the horizon, just, you know, dip net down into the mouths of the river. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get one, two, sometimes you get 12 to 20 mm. or more. And you just uh, dump that into a bucket and uh, and then go, away you go. Otherwise, you can do the teamwork philosophy where you and a buddy grab a seine net and you go it out with your waders and you just kind of walk the, the beach. And then, you uh, you know, you kind of hug each other at the end of the, the pole. And then you pull it up onto the shore there and then you, you turn over your nets and then you can have hundreds of them at a time. And sometimes if you're not... Uh, not matter how much you take home you can be done in in 10 minutes or you can <laughs> or however you want to do it but uh smelting is a good tradition a lot of fun in our, our neck of the woods and and we like to carry carry on those uh memories and traditions we have so <laughs> i have a co-worker whose brother swims in lake superior every day all year long because basically he, yeah he, he is insane <laughs> there's no question but it did, did remind me that there are large swaths of Lake Superior that are open all winter. Do people softwater fish all winter on Superior? There is. There's a lot of guys that find uh, some open water, and they, they fish all all year long. Um, I'm not one of them. You know, <laughs> everybody, anybody that knows me knows I'm a diehard angler through the ice, so I uh, like to take advantage of the ice we get, and I, I hold on to that. And, uh, you know, we were just on it not that long ago, but... Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. And and with that being said, there's also guys that surf Lake Superior all times of year. You know, we get those uh, winds out of uh, uh, the northeast, and it's January. You can find some guys out there with some uh, wetsuits staying warm that way and uh, and hang 10, cutting waves or whatever the, they say, rad, <laughs> the tubular, those those cool words. Yeah. But uh, it always kind of pops up in our Duluth News Tribune, and sometimes it gets shared by, shared by the, the bigger media outlets. But uh yeah, there's guys that swim, fish, and surf all year long in Lake Superior. And what's biting? I mean, is it the same typical stuff as Lake Superior normally has? Uh, yeah, you know, as far as the bite, it just changes is all. I, you know, you can always catch uh, trout, salmon, you know, walleye, whitefish, brown, you know, brown trout, lake trout, of course. It's just, you know, the, the way the year kind of uh, changes you just got to change your tactics. So this time of year right now is the easiest time of year to catch fish because of the uh, water temperatures are, you know, very cold all the way up to the surface. So it's, uh, you don't have to go very far off. Matter of fact, we call it near, near shore or uh, mainland fishing. And if you don't want to bring your boats, you can have just as much success kind of casting off a break wall or a big rock on Brighton beach. Um, you know, guys find some, uh, trout, salmon, and the occasional looper doing that as well. So as we are getting ready for the spring, what can we expect early season in Duluth Superior waters? The forecast isn't really looking all that warm for the next uh, several, well, at least the next week for sure. So it'll be a little bit of a temperature, uh, you know, the temperatures aren't going to rise as fast as we want them to. Uh, with that being said, um you know, we're looking forward to getting into the St. Louis River, and we already have been. Uh, lots of guys go up to the Rainy River and do some sturgeon fishing. We actually have that opportunity to do that in the St. Louis River here as well. Um, it closes on the 14th, which is, uh, you know, pretty much right at this time now. Mm-hmm. So 
it'll be over by the time uh, opener tur- runs around. But, um, you know, th- those waters of the St. Louis River are the ones that we want to warm up fast, and they will. They'll warm up faster than Lake Superior. And, uh, and we'll, be, uh, we'll be concentrating on our efforts mostly on the St. Louis River for the next several weeks uh, and, uh, you know, transitioning into, you know, uh, we'll start up at the upper river, we'll go middle river, and then we'll go lower sections, which is right next to Lake Superior. We'll follow those first uh, first of the year walleye opportunities. So we're looking forward to that. Now, I I presume uh, as as a guy who lives over there and and guides over there, you have a Wisconsin license as well as a Minnesota license. Yep, yep. Yeah, uh, if you live around here and you're a guide and you want to tackle both states, you can do that. In Wisconsin, you have to have a Wisconsin guide license. Um, in Minnesota, we have to have what you call a Lake Superior guide license, which uh, enables us to fish the St. Louis River estuary and the uh, Minnesota side of Lake Superior. Um, Wisconsin, you don't have to. It's, it's just called a guide license at all, all it is. But, yeah, you're right. We have to have a license for both states. So you can uh, actually get out walleye fishing a little earlier on the Wisconsin side of the border. I, I can, yes, 100%, because it opens up earlier than the Minnesota side. Um, the St. Louis River, however, does not. That's just one one time frame that that opens for everybody. Um, but our inland waters of Wisconsin will open on uh, the first weekend in May, and uh, you bet your bottom dollar we'll be out there uh, tackling those those uh, opportunities right away. How many of your guide folks early in the season with that extra weekend or so are Minnesotans wanting to take advantage of that, and how are Wisconsinites? More than I care to take, and the reason why I do that is because Ever since I was a little kid, that time of year is for dad, for my brother, for my cousin. So we don't really start guiding until Minnesota opener starts. Some uh, first uh, couple weeks of Wisconsin opportunities, that's all family and friends. So what we call this time of year right now is the off season. So we've been hanging out and doing some fun fishing, uh, not for uh, higher fishing and um, and whatnot. With that being said, we're looking forward to getting our clients back on the water and, and We've done it. You know, I've been doing this for over 12 years now, and uh, we got a lot of repeat customers that book the same weekend every year. We're looking forward to seeing all those guys come up here. So, if people wanted to discover Twin Ports fishing and want to use your services, what's the best way to make that happen? Well, you can find us on the internet, of course. We got a website, HoustonsGuideService.com. We're on social media. Always sharing some fresh information there. Uh, we do, you know, some contributions to the Duluth News Tribune. We write a fishing column there. Or you can call us. That's the easiest way, 218-393-4962. What would surprise us the most about fishing over your way? Just the sheer fact that it's going to be, I can promise you, it's going to be different than any type of fishing you've ever done. Um, We've talked about this before, Mm -hmm. but we're a shallow, shallow, shallow water opportunity uh, business where lots of the fish we catch can be in six inches of water, to two feet of water, and we can blow your mind. What's the, what's the beauty of the estuary system is it's like the, you know, again, it's like the bayou of uh, Baton Rouge down there. That's the big bayou. Well, this is the biggest estuary for the Great Lakes system and uh, one of the number one spawning habitats for returning uh, Lake Superior walleyes, and et cetera. So it's, uh, it's different. It's unique. It's fun. And if you never had a chance to do it, you know, certainly give it a hold of us, and we'd love to. Love to be the mountaintop, as they say. <laughs> Jared Houston, uh, fishing over the Twin Ports area, Houston's Guide Service. Uh, again, you can check him out on the web, on Facebook, or give him a call. What's the phone number again, Jared? 218-393-4962.
Former Beaver football star, too. We always love that over here in Bemidji. Uh, Jared Houston, thanks for the time, as always, and uh, we'll be checking in with you again. Hey, sounds great. You guys, everybody have a great day. Later on, Will Pappenfuss of iCrazy Guide Service caught six over 30. Yes, six over 30. We'll get the details on that later on. Up next, Steve Sapaniak joins us from Predator Guide Service to talk about what's biting in the Mille Lacs area right now. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hey, welcome back to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. I'm Kev Jackson. Checking in once again with Steve Sapaniak of uh, Predator Guide Service down in the Mille Lacs Lakes area. And how is the water down there? Is everything clear in your neck of the woods? You know, the ice is completely off, Kevin, so we're happy about that. It's been, you know, the big pond. It was a couple of days after uh, we did the last, you know, talk about the big pond and everything. The ice went completely out. I know there was a few reports saying it was not out, but it was, uh, you know, pretty close to getting there. Um, the big pond has been doing pretty good, uh, picking up a lot of debris along the shoreline mm. and everything. The smaller local lakes, Kevin, same problem, a little bit of debris from the ice fishermen. That's to be expected this time of year. But the ice went out much sooner and earlier than the big lake did. So we're looking at uh, the start of some really nice pan fishing happening around the Mille Lacs Lake area. You know, nothing huge yet, but a lot of good action. A lot of sunnies on a couple lakes, three to a pound. And you know what? That's not bad-sized sunnies anywhere. No, it really isn't. So so you have you been out and about yourself? I have. I have, Kevin. I've been hitting the area all around the, you know, all around the Mille Lacs Lake area. Been out about three, four times, did really good from shore a couple of times and did okay out in the boat. Now, what that shows me is that there's a lot of fish that have not even gone into uh, the stage and for the um, spawn yet. You have to excuse me, took my hearing aid out. <laughs> you know, so a lot of the action has been closer to shore where the water temperature is warmer and everything. Uh, a little bit deeper out for the crappies, not such good luck. So everything is just starting to move around again. That little bit of a cold front we had earlier this week, Kevin, with the snow and everything, has going to, is going to put things behind the schedule a little bit. And, you know, maybe that's okay, too, because normally, you know, things don't start happening for another couple of weeks. We've been ahead of schedule, so maybe this will help get it back on track, let's say. You're one of the veterans. You've uh, seen a lot of springs. You've seen late springs. You've seen early springs. With what you're seeing right now, how do you anticipate the spawning to be? Are we going to be ahead, behind, about the same? That's a great question, Kevin. Uh, you know, we'll see what that cold front did. I still have a funny feeling we're going to be ahead of schedule a little bit, you know, and that's going to hurt a lot of people who have plans made for opening weekend, you know. Uh, we'll see to what degree it's going to hurt, you know. Everybody is used to going into the shallows, you know, like for the walleyes and anywhere from uh, – five feet of water or 12 feet of water. They're after the northerns in shallow water. As a muskie guide, too, I do a lot of walleye guiding and pike guiding. But, you know, as muskie uh, guide, same scenario. You know, the last 10 years, we've had eight out of 10 years where we're catching 53, 54-inch muskies in two, three feet of water. Mm. You know, they're done spotting. They're putting on the feed bag. I have a funny feeling that's going to go so, uh, earlier, too, this year. To what degree? I'm not sure. Now, on the other hand, if we get some more stable cold weather, that could just delay everything a little bit more and get it back to being normal. But right now, I'm saying a little early, Kevin. One of the things I was talking to somebody else about uh, this week um, was uh, the change in water clarity in a number of lakes because of zebra mussels. I know there are zebra mussels in Mille Lacs. Have you seen that in Mille Lacs? 
Oh, definitely. It's been a huge change as far as, uh, you know, the zebra mussels on Mille Lacs Lake affecting it. But then again, too, like I tell everybody, let's take a look at uh, 25 years ago. I remember sitting in Lock-On Bay in my boat in 21 feet of water. This was way before zebra mussels, way before, folks. And 21 feet of water, looking down at the bottom by Half Moon Island, and I'm watching one walleye after another swim by. You could really see the white tips on the tails. Yes, that was extraordinary. That was not normal for back then, but still, that goes to show. I think there's a cycle, no matter whether zebra mussels, Kevin, or not, that a lake naturally recycles itself, you know, makes it cleaner and clearer. But as far as the zebra mussels in general, like you just asked, yes, most definitely. They're making things way too clear. They're filtering out too much microorganisms. You know, people may not understand what a microorganism is. It's so small you can't see it. That's why they call it micro. But what this happens is the microorganisms attract invertebrates, the zooplankton, which is just very, barely visible to the human eye. And what those invertebrates, the zooplankton, and microorganisms do is attract minnows, attract uh, perch. It's a whole food chain. So when the zebra mussels filter out those microorganisms, your invertebrates have nothing to eat, and they go searching in other areas. And that's what affects the fishing, because if they have nothing to eat, the fish have nothing to chew on either. So, yeah, the zebra mussels do play a big impact, and it's all around Mille Lacs Lake, including Mille Lacs, the local lakes. Unfortunately, there's not a lot we can do right now. No, other than just educate yourself and figure out that they are probably going to be at different spots, maybe even every year, than than they had, had been before, right? Definitely. you got them on the rocks, Kevin, on the lacks. you got them on the sandbars. you got them on the mudflats. You have them on the weeds, which shocks the heck out of me. I do a lot of weed guiding for muskies, northern pike, and walleyes, and we're bringing up weeds that are so heavy with zebra mussels. <laughs> I don't see how the weed can stay upright. Okay. Have you heard from any other lakes? What's going on in some of the other lakes right now? Well, right now, Farm Island is dishing out some nice sunfish, but it's still really a lot of small ones, about a four or five to a pound, Kevin. But that's normal. The crappie sh- actually should get going. Uh, we're looking at uh, Smith Lake and Borden Lake, same scenario, small sunnies, but nice fish, you know. Uh, if you're happy with three to a pound, folks, which I am at times, heck, you know, let the big ones grow and grow, and let's keep some smaller ones for the table. A lot of three to a pound happening over there on those lakes. Uh, looking at Shakopee, the little lake just west of Mille Lacs Lake, same scenario, three, four to a pound. A little bit of action from the shore and everything, uh, but a lot of debris out there, you know, with the ice out and everything. There was a lot of people taking advantage of that lake, so maybe we we all go fishing there and take uh, 10 minutes to pick up some stuff. Uh, going down south further, Smith Lake has been giving up some nice uh, sunnies as well, excuse me, as well as some nice crappies. You know, early in the morning has been the key, and late in the evening has been the key for the crappies. Uh, hook a crappie minnow on a jig or on a little flu-flu through the lips and work it slowly back, or hook it in the dorsal fin and let it sit. Or another good idea, folks, keep this one in mind, hook it underneath the belly where the old little XXL shoot is, okay? Barely hook it into there, and that minnow will constantly struggle to keep upright. And if you don't think that attracts crappies big time, try it out. And Steve, if people want to get booked with you for a trip uh, in the upcoming season, how do they do that again? You know, go to my website, everybody. I'd appreciate you going there. Take a look. You're going to be impressed, I think, with some of uh, my clients' luck over the year with big muskies, pike, and walleyes. Go to Predator Guide Service. Just check it out. All one word, Predator Guide Service. Everybody knows .com. And uh, check it out. I'd appreciate that. You know, you're talking about exotic species. Uh, Kevin, before we go, there's one thing I hope we don't get is those flying carp. No, no kidding. Could you imagine? I don't think we need those. 
<laughs> well, the reason they fly is because of the frequency from the outboard motor drives them crazy. They fly out of the water, and there has been people being killed. And I did suggest to a couple of game wardens, you know, intensify that frequency. Maybe it'll kill them. Well, they didn't think it was the best idea, so we're going with these electric gates at the dam. Yeah, just another thing for us to worry about, right, Steve? Exactly. <laughs> you know, like we don't have enough. Yeah. All right, Steve Sapaniak, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you. My pleasure, Kevin. Appreciate it. This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We're wrapping it up today with Will Pappenfuss from Northwoods Bay and Bobichi and I Crazy Guide Service. Now, people are going to want to hire you after we're done today. Uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm talking to Will because uh, I was following him on Facebook last weekend when he kept taking pictures of this 30-plus-inch walleye and this 30-plus-inch walleye and this 30-plus-inch walleye. And turns out uh, they were six. And Will, as I'm, I'm watching this, I said, well, he's either on Rainy or he's in North Dakota. I wasn't sure which one. So where were you? Uh, I was up on the Rainy River. Okay, that's kind of what I figured. I knew that that would be about the only place you could be doing that in the state of Minnesota. And I know that uh, the walleye season is already open in North Dakota, but uh, I, I figured it was rainy. That is a place uh, a lot of people love to go hang out in early April and do things like you just did. Yeah, especially with the, the early ice that we had this year in the warm weather. It made a nice long season up there for most of us. So six 30-plus inch fish, uh, what were the sizes on all of them? Uh, they went from 30 to just under 31. So they, were, they all either just broke the plane or they were just under 31. So, <laughs> And have you ever had a day like that before? Uh, the most I've had one day was probably four, and that was on Lake Erie probably four years ago. Wow. Tell me a little bit about when you catch a cold water walleye of that size, how does it feel? I mean, is it obvious that it's a little different than most walleyes? It depends. They can fool you for sure. I know most of them we caught, we hooked into right away, and you knew it was big because they'd like to slide down current or they just work you over pretty good but some of them they'd, they'd swim at the boat yeah, or they just kind of sit there for a little bit and they, I don't know if they just don't know that they're hooked yet and they don't really fight till they get to the boat because most of them are pretty aggressive but the, the last one that I ended up catching I didn't even wasn't even going to grab a net because I actually caught it right under the boat and I didn't think it was that big and my buddy Brian actually grabbed the net and he's like well I'll just net it just in case and then it came up and we netted it and threw it in the boat and he kind of looked at me funny, like, what do you mean you don't need it? I was like, I didn't think it was that big. <laughs> uh, so was it all you, or did he catch a few of those 30s, too? He actually caught four of them, and I caught two of them. So um, what were you guys using? Mostly just a, a quarter-ounce jig and a rainbow, a Northland long-shank fireball, just because some of the rainbows we had were pretty big, so we wanted to make sure we had a long-shank jig on. Okay. And then I actually ended up throwing just like a five-inch I think it was a Berkeley Power Swimmer or a Kitech. I can't remember for sure which one it was, but I ended up throwing that on in the last uh, probably half hour. I ended up catching the last one over 30 on that one. That's quite a day and obviously an awful lot of fun for you guys. Yeah, that's, I mean, it doesn't happen every day. I mean, we caught the we caught the first one over 30. It was probably on Brian's third cast. He, he was complaining all week that he could only get a 29 or 29 and three quarters. And went, you know, I'm going to be stuck here forever. And I'm like, I don't know. Today kind of feels different. I think it might happen today. Well, it happened on a third cast, and we never looked back after that. And again, Rainy River is such a great place to go to get you in the mood for what's coming down the, the pike. And uh, the, people just love to do it because, like you say, uh, well, this year in particular was an early ice out. But you get big fish, you get action, and uh, after a long winter, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, you get a little bit of everything. You know, it's just... You go up there to try and catch your biggest fish of the year, basically, right off the bat. And 
get ready for the, the long, fun summer ahead of us. As you uh, look around uh, the area and and what we're doing, I mean, ignoring the last few days weather-wise, uh, what are you thinking? Are the walleyes going to be where they normally are? Are they going to be a little more advanced to what they typically would be on the opener? Well, it was starting to look like they were going to be a little advanced, but they'd be well past their spawn. They're starting to move to their early summer spots. But uh, the weather's starting to take a little turn here. It looks like it's going to be somewhat cool here the rest of the month. It's going to be a game-time decision to kind of see where the water temps are going to be, but right now it looks like they're still going to be in their early post-spawn spots, and it's going to kind of look like it has the last couple openers. You know, and and obviously, even though it's cold, um, pretty much every lake is now open. There's going to be ample opportunities here to get out there and and do a little scouting and, you know, fish for some panfish and perch and things like that. I'm assuming you'll be out a few times before the actual walleye opener. Oh, absolutely. I'll be out. Chasing a few crappies around, maybe a few suckers, and just kind of seeing where those water temps are sitting and just driving around standing, seeing where they're sitting to, you know, get ready for openers. So that way we're not spending all the time looking for them and we can just go straight to catch them. And when you're getting ready for the opener, uh, obviously the other thing you should be doing right now is making sure before you even go down, get your boat in the water, make sure everything's set there, get your tackle ready, all that stuff. You can do that. When you're sitting in your garage in the evening, you don't have to then waste time that week of or right before you go fishing. Yeah, exactly. Get in and get your licenses right away. Get all that done. Make sure, yeah, biggest thing is making sure your boat starts. You know, you don't want to be the guy sitting at the access boat in there trying to trying to load your boat on the trailer, holding everybody up. So, you know, just make sure everything's good to go, get her going, and get ready to catch some fish. So you're going to head uh, back to Rainy, do some sturgeon fishing? I was thinking about it. I'm actually heading down to Lake Minnetonka this weekend to do some crappie fishing and a couple demo rides. But uh, I might try and sneak up there next week once or twice just to try and set the hook on a few big dinosaurs. Cause as much as uh, guys don't like fishing them, they are fun to fight because they're, they're not easy to pull up. <laughs> no, they are not. How often have you sturgeon fished in the past? Uh, I've probably actually fished for them probably three times. I've caught them accidentally walleye fishing. I've only really targeted them probably three times and only for a short amount of time, and we've always seen to catch them, so it's never never not been a successful uh, trip for sturgeon. So usually there's a few will in the bite here and there. It's sure getting popular. It, sometimes during the year it's far more popular than walleye fishing, even on Lake of the Woods, they're telling me. So... People are really getting into it, and now they're uh, working hard at reintroducing it into the Red River Basin. And it's going to be a while, a decade or two, but all of a sudden, sturgeon might be a much more common sport fish throughout the northern part of the state. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, they are no slouches. They'll take you for a ride no matter what kind of gear you use. And so it's, they're definitely worth targeting for sure. What's your favorite uh, fish to go after? Uh, it's a big shock, but it's going to have to be walleye for <laughs> me for sure. Um, <laughs> it's just it's something I've done my whole life, and it just... You know, bass don't really get to me the way that walleyes do, so I just I just keep rolling with walleyes. What is it that you find intriguing about walleye fishing? I just love the head shakes that the big ones give you. You know, they just stay down. You know, most people say, oh, they just fight like a wet noodle, or you know, they don't jump or do nothing like bass do. But when you hook into a big one and that thing takes you for a ride, it just it takes you for a spin because you know you only have six to ten pound line on, you kind of got to take it easy, otherwise they can snap you off in a heartbeat. Just just something different that. You know, everybody has their own niche, and that just happens to be mine. You know, I think uh, what I find appealing about walleye angling, and really northern perch, panfish too, that I that I like, although I am a big catch-and-release guy, I do always keep a few for the frying pan. Maybe it's just part of our uh, DNA from ancient years, but that ability to bring home some uh, dinner, that's kind of cool. 
Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it doesn't get much better than fresh walleyes right out of the lake. And the, the cool thing is most of us in Minnesota have gotten to the point now that we know what we should keep. We know what to put back and we don't feel compelled to have to bring home everything we catch anymore, which is great for the future, too. Exactly. That's like when we go out, you know, if we're not going to eat them that night, we usually just throw them right back because we usually don't like freezing them. And plus, fresh ones taste a lot better anyway. So if we know we're going to eat them that night, we'll keep a few for the pan. Otherwise, we'll be throwing them all back. Typically, as uh, as we look ahead to the walleye opener, and we're a few weeks away, uh, what are some of your... And you don't have to give me your specific secret spots, but what are some of the better lakes you feel for opener? Leech is probably one of my main go-tos just because there's a lot of fish around and most of them are going to be big. This is kind of seems, it kind of, the last couple of years it seems that there's a lot, the males seem to be biting a little bit better early season just because the water temps have been so cool and they seem to be more aggressive. I mean, it is Leech Lake and there's a lot of those 20 to 27 inches in there right now. It's always a chance you're going to run into a big one. But otherwise, like Lake Bemidji can be a good one too just because there's the last couple of years we've seen a lot more smaller fish in there. So there's a lot of 12 to I'd say 17-inch fish in there that are willing to bite. So there's always schools of those that you can go be on a little bit. Cass is probably another good bet, too. There's a lot of the same size fish in there, and they seem to eat a little bit better earlier in the spring. Cass is loaded with walleye. It has been a challenge as zebra mussels have cleared up that already clear water even more. What are you finding the big changes over there when it comes to walleye fishing? Just the lack of weeds over there. I mean, clear water you can kind of get away with. If you have a little wind, if you don't have wind, those fish are just going to dive a little bit deeper. Otherwise, you're just going to have to use the side imaging a little bit more. Get your head to wrap around that and read fish on there just because you can scan out, you know, 100 to 120 feet and still read perfect on your electronics. So if you can do that when it's calm out, you can just see schools far away so you can make long casts so you're not scooping those fish. That's one of the big changes you're going to have to look for when you're fishing out there. And I've heard that on, uh, you know, Winnie, as that clears up a little bit, too. And, and I don't know if what, what we're going to see in Bemidji down the road. But the same old, same old is probably not going to work down the road. You're going to have to be prepared to make adjustments for the changes in, in the clarity of the water. Exactly. Uh, Ever-changing, every year seems to be different for, you know, every lake even, just with the amount of pressure people put on. You know, leech, it seems to be changing a little bit every year, too, and, more people come in there with the reduced slot limit and you can keep four out there and it just seems that they're they're a little bit more spookish and you kind of have to try a few different things to get them to go as well what are you hearing from folks who are heading out uh, on the water these days what's biting and and what are they going for most guys have been chasing a few suckers around it sounds like they're starting to make their run up the creeks right now uh, guys have been catching signs and crappies outside their spawning areas and like probably 10 to 15 feet they're just about to push up. The snow kind of sent them back a little bit and cooled the temps down a little bit. But I'd say probably the next week or two that they might start making their way up if it starts warming up. If people want to go out fishing with you, how do they uh, set something up? Uh, they can give me a call at 320-360-5333. Otherwise, look up I Crazy Guide Service on Facebook and give us a call there, and we can take care of you from there. I Crazy Guide Service. Uh, who's your partner in that? Nick Sakel. He's down towards Malaxmore, right? Yep, he kind of goes down by like Max, Brandon area still comes up to leech here and there too so okay where we need to go you're covering the whole paul bunyan country area between the two of you yep exactly all right what was the phone number again will two zero three six zero five three 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 if they want to just pop in and talk they can just go up to northwoods bait and uh, see if you're working right yep exactly right across from northwoods access and lake Bemidji. all right it's will pappenfuss talking about a stellar day on rainy river six 
fish over 30. He's got the pictures to prove it on Facebook and uh, telling us a lot of other good stuff, too. Will, we always love talking to you. Thanks for taking the time today. Yeah, thanks, you, Kev. Well, in addition to KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 in Bemidji and B93.3 in Brainerd-Baxter, we are always podcastable on Podcast One, the Pod MN app, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're just a few weeks away from when Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors basically becomes fish in Paul Bunyan Country. We've got the return of Ask the Aquatic Biologist with Dr. Andrew Hafes, and, of course, the Lake of the Week. That'll kick off the first week of May. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We'll find out more about the great outdoors in Paul Bunyan Country next week. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for joining us.